Hey everyone, welcome to Thriving Marriage with Mark and Bethany. This is our weekly discussion of marriage and family in the Christian life, and we want to talk today about spending. Things cost a lot of money right now, and this is an issue that couples need to get on the same page about. How much do we spend? Inflation is crazy. Certain times of the year, holidays, etc., are just more expensive than normal. And so I just think a lot of couples regularly feel the weight of money and finance issues. And this is something that you've got to kind of dial in or it's going to be a source of contention in your marriage and a problem in your even relationship with the Lord. Yeah, I feel like it's a game at the grocery store sometimes, like when I finally see the discounts come down from what I can save and whatever, but I'm still shocked at the number, the total number from what it was, you know, 10 years ago in our marriage to what it is now, even to like last year. I'm like, you know, I did the coupon thing. I did the smart spending thing, and it's still just... It seems outrageous. <laughs> it is outrageous. <laughs> Every time. And, you know, talk about this game. Sometimes you come home with not our regular coffee from the grocery Ooh. store because you refuse to spend a certain amount <sighs> on the... We, we get the same exact coffee every time. It's our daily yes. cup. Yes. And if it's too expensive... I, you you don't do it. I can't. It, I can't do it. <laughs> I can't. We drink so much coffee that if it's $14 a bag... Oof. I can get it on sale down to eight bucks a bag, uh-huh, uh-huh. and I usually will buy four or five bags. I'm yes. just gonna say Clean right now, and uh, but yeah, no, I can't do it. So then I come home with bad coffee, yeah. and that's when it's a bad week. There's tension in the marriage. It's, a, it's not a great week. <laughs> no, that's yeah. true. <laughs> that's a sacrifice of what we like. Right. Well, the Bible talks a, a lot about yeah. money, and it's very clear about the danger of money. You can easily idolize it, and. There are two opposite extremes that are both dangerous. Yeah. Okay. On the one side of the pendulum, you can idolize money by hoarding it, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And collecting it and, you know, um, needing more to to amass more. (laughs) Right. On the other side of the pendulum of idolizing money is being reckless with it and spending too much. I mean, essentially spending money you don't have. Right. Overspending. And so we want to talk for a couple of minutes about how to like what what are the you know dangers there on both extremes, and then some principles as a couple to kind of get on the same page and move forward. Yeah. Uh, so first, let's talk about that hoarding problem. Yes. Yeah. It's a real temptation uh, if you don't have a lot or your budget's tight to. Or if you do have a lot. Or if yeah. you do have a lot. That's true. That's true. To just kind of. I almost like picture someone's arms, you know, wrapping them around their money pile, like pulling them close and looking around, you know, like I'm not going to share this. But I do think it's a temptation. You're right. If you have a little money or a lot of money to not want to be generous or to give that away uh, because you're afraid potentially you won't have enough or you just are you have some desire to have a certain amount and a certain status or certain things potentially and so you're very protective of your money and you view it that way that's part of the problem is your money your stuff and uh, I think that you don't, you don't end up being very generous that's right so first Timothy 6 9 says those who desire to be rich fall into temptation into a snare into many senseless and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. Mm -hmm. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evils. And it's through this craving that some have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many pangs. So there's a lot of warnings there that, uh, 
you know, that come along with loving money so much so that you idolize it essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's harmful to yourself. And you bring up a really good point about the, the way that it kills your generosity. Yeah. And elsewhere in the Bible, we, we are called to, to give generously and joyfully. Yeah. And we should be giving to our church. And if we idolize money, we might not give to our church. Right. Um, we want to be generous with other people too. Yes. We want to give to people in, in various ways, support people who are going on missions trips or, you know, give, do nice things for other people or host, you know, Mm -hmm. have people over to our home and all of this costs money. Right. Right. And if we are hoarders, (laughs) then we're going to be unwilling to practice hospitality in these ways. Yes. Yeah. Oh, for sure. I I think when you are hoarding your money, you're going to be less generous. And yeah, you're, the Bible is so clear and it's convicting when you read the verses that talk about the way you even love people is by when you see a need, you're supposed to step in and help meet that need if you can. And maybe some of us think, oh, I can't meet that need. I don't have enough money. But it, it'd be really interesting to kind of assess, do you have enough? Has God blessed you? Do you have some extra? Or are you, you know, maybe protecting it for yourself and not being generous with the needs of others or even just thanking other people, you know, by using your money to thank them or to bless them to go above and beyond. There's just a lot of opportunities to be generous. And Mm -hmm. if we're hoarders, we're not going to do that. Mm -hmm. Well, the other side of the extreme is overspending. And Mm -hmm. this is where, you know, you, you... you're spending too much. Right. And, and maybe it's, it's it's essentially money that you don't have, right? Um, be, because that money needs to go somewhere else. It needs to go to a necessity, you know, yeah. to paying your mortgage or for paying for the food or the, the coffee, right? Right. Um, <laughs> the and yeah. the essentials of life. Right. Um, and you don't have enough money to put toward those things because you've spent it elsewhere yeah, and you've been kind of reckless with that. Yeah. I just saw on uh, a video come up anyways about someone calling into a kind of a well-known Christian radio money program. And the first thing they said is, you know, help me. I'm a million dollars in debt. (laughs) Whoa. And I, I mean, it really did make me think for a moment, what, what have been their spending choices? That person likely is spending money that they don't have if they've gone into a million dollars in debt. And likely people are not at that place. But I think often we we may have a desire to, I, I've seen this, to have a certain status or a certain comfort level or a certain uh, wardrobe or a certain whatever for our children. And that might tempt us to take the money that is needed for, you know, the electric bill that's high for the gas in the car, for the mortgage, for whatever the the things we must spend our money on and now get into debt and cause problems because we're spending on these things that we feel like might be needs or their wants, comforts, desires. And wow, we've really overspent when we look at our budget mm-hmm. week to week, month to month, over the year. It's like, whoa, we haven't done a good job. Yeah. And that's a dangerous thing. Right. Yeah, I just think you've got to look at that. Are, are you spending money on non-essentials on a regular basis such that you don't have money to then spend on the essentials? Yes. Well, let's talk then about 
biblical principles for navigating this. Yeah. You know, the, the, the big biblical principle for your marriage is that you need to be unified as a, this one flesh relationship. Mm-hmm. You got to be unified with your spouse and in, in all areas, including money. And so right. if one person is a spender or one person is a hoarder or both <laughs> or whatever combination you might have, uh, regardless, you've got to work to get onto the same page with your spouse and to be unified in the area of finances. And so the first way to do that maybe is to establish a budget. If you don't have one, uh, establish a plan, or maybe you just need to revisit the budget. But Mm -hmm. this is one area where you can kind of come back to center and assess and figure out how are we doing? Where do we need to spend less? And you know, mm-hmm. how do we need to be careful and so on and so forth. And so if you want to be unified with your spouse, you should have a budget that you both adopt. Yeah. And I love the straightforwardness of a budget, the black and white, because, you know, we may think, and I think I do this, I don't spend that much in that area, or I'm a pretty good saver, or whatever we might think about are the way we spend money. But when you really sit down, log in all the numbers, look at the credit card bill, look at the averages being spent here and there, look at the gifts that you've bought, what, whatever it might be, it's very interesting and helpful to see it in black and white. Oh, this is the real number. Mm-hmm. I have a general number I'm thinking of, or I don't think I went too crazy. But okay, I do see that our, you know, eating out budget is larger than I thought. Or, whoa, you know, whatever it might be. It's just, it's very black and white, and it helps potentially with the emotions or when we might think the best of ourselves and think we're not overspending to to see it and then to deal with the numbers, one on, you know, talking through it with your spouse and looking at each column and making adjustments where the adjustments are needed. Yeah. And so there's kind of like the adjustments to, you know, correspond with reality yeah. and embrace the facts, the cold, hard facts of the spreadsheet. <laughs> right. That's that's good. Uh, yeah. But then there's also kind of adjusting the budget based on your family getting bigger, kids getting older, totally. yeah. moving into, you know, different rent or different mortgage or right. whatever. Right. And so you just constantly, you have to adjust. Yes. It's a moving target. You can't set the budget when you get married and leave it that way for right. the next 50 years. Right. Right. Yeah, that's um, true. Okay. So along those lines, you've got to have follow-up meetings. You got mm-hmm. to circle back. I mean, mm-hmm. whether this is a formal sit-down meeting or whether yeah. this is a quick conversation before you go to bed, just depending on your circumstances, um, you've got to kind of follow up and stick to the budget. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite things you say to me is, "Honey, I think we should have a budget meeting." Yeah. <laughs> there's nothing more romantic. Oh, you love it when I say that. <laughs> no, but I I think there's so much wisdom in it. And we try to have, you know, these follow-up meetings. One of us will call them. I will say it's mostly you calling them. Let's just be real. But we get a good cup of coffee. We get a we get a yummy snack. We make sure the kids are busy doing other things so we kind of have that focus time. And then it's, you know, both pull up our computers, both sit side by side team up, think through things and reassess. And it's just, it's helpful. It is helpful because we want, I I don't want to be spending in ways that are causing us harm or or creating problems. And I want to make sure that I'm following your leadership and how things should be spent. And I want to make sure we're united and like-minded. And so by doing these follow-up meetings, it like recalibrates everything again. Totally. 
Yeah. And when you say we have a good cup of coffee, hopefully oh. you're referring to a good <laughs> cup of the store-bought <laughs> beans that we got that we brew in our home coffee pot. Not necessarily going out to a fancy coffee shop and true. spending $12 on two lattes. Very true. Very true. Yes. Saving money that way for sure. One trip to a coffee shop for two lattes could be the same price as a monthly subscription to Netflix or something like that. It's outrageous. And so it's like, oh, we did a great job of cutting back on Netflix and we, you know, we canceled our subscription and we saved right. 13 bucks a month. Right. And as we're sitting there having a $13 coffee shop yeah. experience. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's brutal. You just got to be really now. careful. Mm-hmm. You do. So, uh, okay, a couple more principles. Uh, you could use cash, you yeah. know, if if yeah. you're having difficulty um, sticking to the budget, mm-hmm. you could just shell out the amount of cash that you've budgeted for that particular item, say groceries or right. whatever, gas, whatever. I guess that's a difficult one, but, and use cash to buy the stuff. Yeah. I know women with envelopes and purses that have cash for various things. And I'll tell you, it helps them to make better maybe choices because this is what I have. And this is what we've decided as a couple to spend. And so they, oh, once the cash is gone, it's gone. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, obviously, you can get accountability. I mean, you could talk to some another couple. You right. could talk to small group leader, friends, pastor, yes. biblical counselor. I mean, you there, there's various levels of help with this and just having other people brought in like, hey, you know, we're working really hard to, to save right now. And, you know, could you pray for us on this front? It's, that's a vulnerable thing to do. And that might just be really helpful for you. I was just thinking about that. It's, yeah, that's going to be vulnerable. But if you do want to make steps forward, it helps when someone maybe even outside the situation uh, can you know, a godly person can look at it and help you assess and move forward and make some changes and they can follow up with you, which is huge because then changes likely will stick when you get another godly person involved. Yeah. And if you've never done this before and yet you still continue to have problems in this area, don't keep doing things the same way and expecting the outcome to be different, right? Bring someone in, talk to someone that, that changes the paradigm. Right. Yeah. So that could be just really helpful. And then lastly... Uh, we cannot underestimate the value, the importance, the power of praying together as husband and wife about this particular topic, about any topic really, but sit down, grab your spouse's hand and pray together about getting on the same page, being unified with spending. Yeah. And do it more than once. Yeah. You know, we start those meetings possibly with prayer end them with prayer each time. If this is a hard topic within your marriage, if there's some struggles, the more prayer, the better is going to help you to get unified and be on the same page and to honor God with the way that you use the money he's given you. Uh, I often think of that when I think about the money that we have is a direct gift from God and I want to use it well, just like I want to use all the things he's given me well. That's right. Well, thanks so much for listening and we'll talk to you next time. All right. See you.